Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah. Six minutes after 11. Central African time on this beautiful, mashallah, Wednesday morning. On our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name. And of course, my beloved engineer, none other than Haji Suleiman Esop. He will be with us from now till 12-ish, inshallah. Today is the 12th of Shawwal, 1444, which is also the 3rd of May, 2023. I want to welcome the listeners of uh, Sirius uh, FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz, Yusuf Asmal and Company. And I want to welcome the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'a. Remember our WhatsApp number is 84 786 International Overseas Listeners plus 2784-786-3132. Let's welcome our beloved Fadilatul Ustad. Ustad, welcome to the Bliss of Marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. Ustad, there's a, 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 a question from overseas. I don't know if the brother understands or not. It says here, is it advisable to follow Sheikh Ibn Bimba's fatwas and teachings? Because I see in one of his books, he says women are allowed to work because of Bibi Khadija radiallahu anha. Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Brother, I don't know from where you are, but that doesn't really matter. Anything we want to know, we must first go to the Quran Sharif and second to the Sunnah Mubarakah, and then to the Fatawa verdicts of Sahaba, an, and then the four schools of thought, that is the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. So let us go to the Quran Sharif and see. Almighty Allah, Jalla wala, addresses this issue. وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ And you women, you must stay glued to your homes. A lady, a Muslim lady, is not allowed to leave the home. And she must only leave if there's a real need and so forth. You say she can go and work or whatever, so she will have to compromise her dressing. She will have to miss salat. She will have to interact with the men and so forth. I have Sheikh bin Baz Kitab, a Amusharakatul Amal, and all these things, a Birajul Wal Mar'a. And in day he wrote, there is not permissible. So, nevertheless, so the Quran is clear, chapter 33, verse 33. Then when a woman goes to work, she has to dress up, put perfume, makeup, 
حديث ترمذي شريف إذا خرجت المرأة حبيبنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said when the woman leaves the home وهي متأثرة and then she has to apply and she puts all this makeup and what have you فمرت بمجلس كذا وكذا she passes the men and so forth when she works she has to interact with the men on a daily basis فهي زعانية هي حبيبنا رحمة للعالمين صلى الله عليه وسلم said that she is a zaniya. Remember an adulteress. That's it. Third one, what the Quran Sharif says, sabilaka. They must follow your path. What you teach of all Allah Jalla Wala, chapter 40, verse number 7. And then they must follow what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam teaches, chapter 3, verse 31, فَاتَّبِعُونِ And يُحْبِبْكُمُ Then they become the beloved of Almighty Allah, وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ And the sins will be forgiven. Chapter 9, verse 100, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُحَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ That the first and foremost among the Sahaba, the Muhajirin Ansar, and those who follow them, with sincerity and immaculately, وَالتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ Then they will get Jannah, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنُمْ وَرَدُعًا and so forth. And fourth, and follow the path of those who turn towards me. So that are the awliya, ullah, the four schools of thought, and all of them are included there. Chapter 31, verse 15. So that is what the Quran, the Sunnah is teaching us. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu faqihu hadhil ummah, the great mufti of this ummah, he used to tell the woman if they want to come to masjid and mosque and all that, akhiruhunna min haythu akharahunna Allah. They tell them to go back to their homes as Almighty Allah has commanded them. So whether you got Bin Ba's fatwa or Usaymin's fatwa or you got Yusuf Qardawi's fatwa or Sheikh Albani's fatwa, I met them all and I know them all. <laughs> so remember that any person's fatwa, it is against the Quran, against mm. the Sunnah, against the Sahaba, against the four schools of thought. According to all four schools, you must remember when it's not permissible for a lady to go to the masjid, then how she can go and work and all this? You, yourself I'm asking you you will like your wife must go and work and dress up and so forth and interact with strange men all the time and if she does that and you don't speak anything then you are classified as the youth that he keeps quiet when his wife is committing haram actions and so forth the hadith is sahih and authentic in Sunan Nasai the youth does not enter Jannah I don't know you brother but if you are in my groupings then you will know what I sent out today you know David Rockefeller so this Rockefeller family they just want control over the whole world so they said we said then no, the women must go out and work. Listen carefully, all you Muslim ladies and Muslim men. And I sent it out today on all the groups and everything. So what he said, Rockefeller, he said that we said the women must go out and work. Why? So we will have double taxation. We will tax the men also. We will tax the women also. So that's how we will collect more tax. But that was a secondary issue. 
the primary issue is when the woman goes and work, then we will have control over their children. See today, where are the children? You must remember from the young, tender age of three, four, five, they're not by the mother. You must remember that. They are there in the crash. They are there in this school and that school, and Allah alone knows what kufr is already taught to them at that young, tender age and so forth. So that is why the natural system, I never saw my mother going to work and all these type of things. So you must remember that. If they went, they just went there a little while and they came back. So you must understand this type of things, brother, that Islam says our wives, our mothers, all of them must be at home. And that is the natural system. This is the kufar system. And therefore, then you get all these problems. You don't remember what Clinton was doing with Monica Day in the White House? You don't remember what Bojo was doing, partying during COVID time with his wine, dine and swine? How many more examples must we give you? But when you stay in the West, then you are your minds get polluted and tainted by the kuffar culture and so <laughs> forth. Therefore, Quran says, Surah 5, verse 51, Ya yuwalladzina amanu la tattakhidhu al-yahuda wa nasara awliyah. Do not take the Jews and the Christians, non-Muslims, to be your friends and protectors. Ba'aduhum awliyah ba'ad. They are the friends of one another. Today, if I show you, I sent it to the news team, what Saudi Arabia is doing in Riyadh, taking half-naked women and advertising them and, and saying, this is the new Saudi Arabia. So you must remember this. Bin Baz, rahimahullah, I met him several times. He's a great sheikh, but certain fatwas of his are totally rejected. Sheikh Bin Baz used to say three talaq is one talaq till the end of his life. Allah forgive him for that big mistake. Sheikh Bin Baz used to say, you see this mess you have, today is the 12th of Shawwal. You must remember Bin Baz, rahimahullah, he was part of that when they prepared that calendar of theirs, Ummul Qura, the Taqweem Ummul Qura. I don't know if you know anything about Saudi Arabia and their sheikhs and all that there. So you must remember, he is responsible for this. That they said you must work with the birth of the moon, not the sighting of the moon. Your Eid moon in Saudi Arabia was a cooked up moon, a totally fabricated moon. There was no sighting. They just work with the Ummul Qura. So if you go to the history, geography of it, you will find it was Bin Baz was the only sheikh invited there and the government did it 30, 40 years ago whenever they did. So my brother, don't get fooled. These are the Salafis, you must remember. <laughs> Today's Salafis, majority of them, I don't say all, but I'll tell you, majority of them are dwallu wa dwallu. They astray and they lead others astray. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. The brother is from Australia. Ustad. His name is Anas. And he says he's got a lot of book of Bimbas. He is a great sheikh and scholar, Ustad. He is a great sheikh and scholar, but he makes big, big blunders. So when he passes fatwa against the Quran, against the Sunnah, against the Sahaba, then how you can accept it? You yourself must be a fool <laughs> to accept it.
Ustad, uh, the, the sister says that myself and my husband, we have money in the bank and that money is collecting interest and the interest is kept separately. Is it permissible for a person to use that interest money for petrol, Ustad? Totally haram. Remember that to get involved in interest-related transactions is haram and to use the interest for yourself, for your petrol, for your clothing, for your food and all these type of things. So absolutely haram. Take one Quranic verse and take one hadith sharif and see so all Allah in chapter 2 surah baqarah verse 279 says if you don't abstain and refrain then be prepared for a war against all and a war against all and mustafa never in the quran 6236 verses 114 chapters and surahs will you find such a wa'id and warning mm. except for interest so absolutely haram second that you go and use it and so forth he habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam's hadith go open bulughul maram and various compilations that he habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam said riba ithnani wa sab'una baba it's got more than 70 categories wa adnahu the minimum rank of riba people who indulge in sood in riba in viage and interest and so forth ayyan ki har rajul ummahu a person committing adultery with his own biological mother that is the minimum rank so who can do that and remember that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu used to say, Kunna nattaqi riba wa riba. That we are the ones, you must remember that, that we used to abstain from riba interest and anything that looked like interest, remember. Today it's a disgrace that people are trying to legalize the interest and riba from the back door. They make it Sharia compliant and so forth. So you're opening the door for riba and interest, just like how they open the door for TV and everything so by saying that the digital photos are not photos so you're opening haram doors you must remember through all these crooked fatwas and so forth when it's 23 minutes after 11 South African time 084-786-3132 somebody says that if the person reads Isha Salah then his friend asks him to make imamat for them should he repeat the Isha Salah Ustad or not? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. If a person already read his Isha Salat individually or behind the Imam and then is requested to make Imamat, so according to Hanafi, it's not permissible because he will be then making Nafil Salat and the people behind him will be reading for Salat. Al Muftaris Khalf al Mutanafil is not Pajais. You can't read for Salat behind an Imam who is reading Nafil Salat. Remember that. Yes, according to Shafi's humbleies and them, it is permissible. So that's an academic discussion. Everyone got their dalil and evidence. The Hanafis say al-Imam Udaminun that the Imam is responsible. The Hadith in Tirmidhi and the Hadith of Shafi's humbleies and them is Muaz bin Jabal radiallahu anh. He used to read Salat behind Nabi sallallahu sallam and then go there by his tribe and then is to make ibamat. And it's mentioned there that for him it was Nafil Salat and for them it was Fur Salat. So it's all academic discussion, but for Hanafis it's not permissible for a person 
who read his first salat already, and then he makes imamat of that same salat to other people, then those people's salat would not be valid according to the Hanafi scholars. Somebody says, Mufti Saab, what can we do as parents of our children to prevent the kids from being indoctrinated with the LGBTQ nonsense and that they can be whatever they want? It is part of life orientation subject in school, Ustada. Therefore, I say three issues. Parents themselves, you must remember that they must be the role model for the parents, for the children, and the parents must be role model for the children. And second one is this, that they must be the one to start ta'aleem everything in the house. Not when your child is already a lesbian or a gay, now you start wondering. Second one is today the Muslim schools, I don't know all, but some Muslim schools, they just follow the Western system and so forth. Whatever the Westerners say, they do. If you look at Britain and so forth and so on. So you will see most of them, are they just following like that? Because either they get subsidy or either because of that lousy certificate and so forth. Therefore, my advice in this day and this age, in all parts of the world, that the best thing for you to do is homeschooling. Remember that, yes, we will say that the Muslim school is better than the government schools and so forth, where kufr and blasphemy is being taught, obviously, openly. But even the Muslim schools have big problems and challenges because they are caught up. You see now, Cyril went to one school. You must remember that. Everybody saw it. And you must remember that, that now the appas and the teachers and ma'ams are teaching, are shaking hands with him and all of them. Since when all this is permissible? So it's all. So you must make it clear. We have our own teachings and so forth. But you see, everybody wants to bootlick and so forth and so on. So therefore, you must remember that then Sharia and all that is put one side. So once we start compromising, compromising, then it never ends. You must remember this. So that is the problem you are facing today. So my advice on this issue will be that the best way to save our children and our grandchildren and all will be that Surah 66, verse 6, Ya ayyualladina amanu, ku anfusakum wa ahalikum nara, save yourself and your children from the fire. So we must remember that. And Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, hadith in Bukhari Sharif, kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ulun an that you, that you the parents, you are the shepherd, and you will be questioned regarding your flock. So your flock are your children, your grandchildren. The biggest problem we have today is our priorities are all upside down. Leave non-Muslim. Take Muslim couple. Allah Ta'ala bless them. You must remember with a child and a baby. So now the baby grows up. So what they do? First thing, they're only interested in the clothing the child must get. Then when he grows up, then cell phone. When he grows up, computers. When he grows up, CD. When he grows up, cars. And all the C's they will give them. Next one, cash. You must remember <laughs> that. So all that. But the greatest sea, they got no time. Remember, the majority Muslim parents, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the greatest nahal, the greatest gift that you can give your children is that, is that, is Adab bin Hassan. The hadith in Tirmidhi is good character. So remember that, ma nahala walidun nahlan, that to his children is what? Remember Adab bin Hassan and that is good character. 
So which parent, which father today Muslim? Spends quality time with his daughter, with his sons and so forth. They busy for their business, busy playing golf. Allah knows which golf. The women, majority of the Muslim women, they got no time for their children. They're just there to shout them and this and this and then shopping and then meeting the swan and sometimes going to the mall and meeting Paul and so forth. So that is the reality of today's life. So we ourselves have shirked our responsibilities. Hmm. So the, uh, uh, this is from Cape Town. It says here, the brother says, wife not wanting to show husband certain part of her body. But okay, she's... finish now. You must remember totally haram it is that you must remember between husband and wife. There is no parda and so forth and so on. Yes, maybe if there's a scar there or some sickness there or something, and therefore she don't want to show you because it will, you will turn you off and put you off and that. So that then is a different issue. But in normal circumstances between husband and wife, remember there's no hijab, there's no parda, and remember, but we do not behave like donkeys. That's the word mentioned in Ibn Majah. Remember that even when conjugal relationship takes place in Islam, you don't be now that you are, you know, kal, as you will say in Afrikaans, without clothes and so forth and so on, and you run around here and there in your bedroom. No, you must do fulfill the conjugal relationship, but you have a sheet, you have a blanket, you have some clothing on top and so forth, some cloth on top. So that is what Islam teaches. So that is the answer to that question. He says, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam seen Hazrat Aisha when they were batting together. I have proof. Ustad. So you must remember, we just told you there's no hijab and parda between husband and wife. You must remember that. So you're a jahil, ignorant person, you know. When I tell you something, you come tell me something else. You must quote the whole hadith. Siddiqa Sayyida Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha says, Ma ra'aytu farja rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi so you must quote the whole hadith, brother. So you must remember that. Hmm. Can an adopted girl marry her new father's son, Ustad? So you must remember that adoption, the way our Muslims are doing today, is absolutely haram. So majority Muslims, when they adopt today, then what they do, that adopt, they just use the example they are giving. They use the adopted daughter will use the adopted father's surname. This is totally haram. Quran says, Surah 33, verse number 5, Ud'uhum li'abaihim huwa aqsatu indallah. That call the adopted children by the biological father. That's compulsory. That is justice by all Allah. And if you don't call them, you don't know who's the father. Sometimes it happens they don't know. The social workers don't tell you. For ikhwanukum fiddin, they are your brothers in religion. So you see, Zaid, Zaid bin Harisa radiallahu anh, open Bukhari Sharif. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him, anta akhuna wa maulana. You are my brother in Islam and you're the mola that you were a slave and then they liberated you and so forth and so on. So remember this, oh, Nabi Quran says, for ikhwanukum fiddin wa mawalikum or your friends also the meaning can be so all that meanings will be acceptable so the point here is made is this that we must remember that that's the first point when you have an adopted child you can't treat the child as a biological child second one there's no inheritance for adopted child you can make wasiya you can bequeath 
Third one, that when you adopted the daughter and she reaches the age of 10, 12, 15 and whatever, then this parda and hijab is compulsory between her, between her and you must remember the adopted father. Because why? They strangers to one another. The only way you can circumvent it and you can go, you know, around it is what? That that mother, the wife of that person, she must breastfeed that daughter when she was young, at six months old, one year old. Then they become foster mother, foster father. So once you understood these three things, then you can come to this question. So now, if they are an adopted daughter, right, and then that father there, the adopted father got a son, or that mother got a son, you must remember that, so between that son and between this adopted daughter, parda hijab is compulsory. So they can't be like brother and sister unless you breastfeed that daughter. Then it's different. But if there was no breastfeeding, they are total strangers to one another. And then they grow up and they get married. It will be permissible. But you must remember what we are doing nowadays. South Africa, other parts of the world, that we're taking our adopted children and then giving them the name of the adopted father you know what are the ramifications and consequences of that manin tasaba ila ghairi abi whosoever makes their nasab and lineage to someone else besides the biological father fa alayhi la'natullah wal malaika wan nas ajma'in Allah Ta'ala's curse, the angel's curse, the people's curse is all on them. So we must be clear on all these type of issues. The hadith is authentic, Ibn Majah, Mustad Ahmad, and so forth. See, I tell you, like how I told you just now, about the women sitting at home, remaining at home. That's a natural system. See, in Netherlands. So now one person, he gave sperm, yes, sperm, yes, sperm, yes. Suddenly he got 500 children. So you must remember this. So therefore to have a sperm bank, milk bank, is all haram in Islam because we have to protect the lineage of people. If you're going to just adopt, adopt, so what's going to happen? Then there is fear that incest will take place. You must remember that the brother will marry his sister and, and you won't even realize it. So here also, therefore, Islam says you must give the children the biological father's name. The only time you give the biological mother's name is when the child children are awladu zina, are haram children, today boyfriend, girlfriend, meet up, all that, and then the child is born, then they get married, or she's pregnant, and then she gives birth after two, three, four, five months. So all those children are haram children. The lineage will go to the mother in that case. Hmm. Well, somebody says here that... Uh... I'm dreaming of a woman who wants to harm me, but she really likes me, Mufti Sahib, and she's my neighbor. How do I tell my wife to start? So you must remember that there's a contradiction in your question. One side you say that she wants to harm you, and on the other side you say you like her. So you also mixed up in a crazy person. You must remember that she was going to destroy your marriage, obviously. 
So you must sever all ties with her and you must tell her husband if she's married or you must tell her father that this is what she's trying to do. She's trying to flirt with you or trying to seduce you and so forth. And remember, whenever the thoughts come of her in your mind, Quran says, chapter 7, verse 200, وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغُنْ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ That you must seek the protection of Almighty Allah Jalla wa So Quran says that when there's an assault from shaitan, فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ Seek the protection of Almighty Allah Jalla wa Say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ And make sure that you cement your marriage with your wife. And this is all khabis, Quran says. When a person, remember, wants to destroy you, then they come and they say, no, I want to keep contact with you and so forth. So the poisonous apple, the haram apple seems very tasty, but it still remains haram. And the tayyib, your wife is pure, so they can never be equal. Although you impress with that haram thing. So Almighty Allah has mentioned this. Chapter 6, you must remember that. Chapter 5, Surah Ma'idah, verse number 100. Go see it there, you will find it there. So all this is in Quran, brother. So read you, any person causing mischief, read Surah 29, verse 30. Rabbin surunni alal qawmil mufsideen. Oh, beloved Allah, assist me against the troublemakers and mischief makers. Hmm. I would like to learn a hadith a day, but my memory is weak. What can I read to strengthen my memory? And can you give me advice on how to start to start? Yeah, you must remember there are four or five issues. Issue number one is this. The only way you can study Quran, Sunnah, and Hadith, and that is by a teacher. In Islam, there's no DIY business that you think you can learn Quran on yourself, Hadith on yourself, and so forth. Then you go astray. See what Quran says, Surah 62, verse 2. What were the functions of Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yatlu alayhim ayatihi, that he, Habibuna, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to recite the Quran Sharif for them. But they were Arabs, majority of them. Still they needed a teacher. For you him, you have to purify them. Purify them means from kufr and shirk, and from jealousy and pride. For you allimuhumul kitab wal hikmah, and teach them the Quran Sharif and the Sunnah. So that is what you need a teacher, number one. Number two, you say your memory is weak. So tomorrow night is Thursday night, Laylatul Jumu'ah. So Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh, read after Maghrib, after Isha, and the time, Surah Yasin. If you know it by heart, in Salat, you must read after Surah Fatiha. Surah Yasin in the first rakat. Then Surah Dukhan, chapter 44, in the second rakat. Then Surah Alif Lam Mim Sizda in the third rakat. And Surah Mulk, Surah Tabarak al in the fourth rakat. You don't know it by heart. So look inside the Quran Sharif out of Salat and then you read the two rakat Salat after the four surahs and you make dua. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi told Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an, Salasan, O Khamsan, O Sab'an, you must do it for three weeks consecutively or five weeks or seven weeks. Imam, open Tirmidhi, you will find it there. So Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, go open Diwanu Shafi'i, you will find it there. 
Imam Shafi Raimullah went to his teacher, Waki bin Jarrah, Shakotu ila Waki in Su Ahivdi. I went to my teacher Waki and I complained to him, remember about my weak memory. He told me, stay away from vices and sins. Because this knowledge is nur and radiance from all mighty Allah. See how beautiful it is. And people who continue with sins and vices, if you want to study the TV and all that, you have to take and throw it out. Remember, then only you'll get through knowledge. So there was how much time the TV shaitan box takes your phones and all these things here. Most of the time you're using it for haram activities. So you have to get rid of all these haram things and then, inshallah, your memory will get weak. Read Ya Qawiyu, Ya Qawiyu. Read the 99 beautiful names of all Allah. Then only you will imbibe. And if you want, you take that collection of Allama Nawawi, Arba'een, 40 ahadis, and you can start by hearting from there, and then you go to other kitabs like that. But you must consult an alim, a scholar, that's compulsory also. Hmm. Somebody says here, Ustad, that can a leopard ever change its spots? I forgave my spouse for cheating, but I still don't trust and have doubts, Ustad. So you must remember that that Mustafa wasallam said, that if somebody tells you that the mountain has moved, you know, from one place, then maybe that will happen. But the people's normal habit, so remember their vices and sins and that, that hardly changes. So therefore, you see in today's world, people who are on drugs, people you must remember who are on, uh, you know, on alcohol, people who are involved in addictions, so vaping, and you see Australia. Australia has banned it for children in school and all that. They say it is causing so much harm to the youth and so forth. But it's always a case of after the horse has bolted, now you want to close the stable. So they legalize it and then they want to ban it for a certain group and so forth. Who's going to listen to them? So you must remember, like the airlines, you know, you can see the hypocrisy there. They will tell you this is a non-smoking flight. Now when I went to Cape Town, same thing. This is a non-smoking flight. they the first ones to come and serve alcohol. So alcohol is much worse than smoking. But the Kufar culture is like that. You know, their wine, dine, and swine culture is like that. They think just like the swine also. So you must remember these type of things here. So therefore, you must remember if your husband is involved in adultery and all that, then make istikhara. But the Quran Sharif teaches us a tayyibatu litayyibin, the chaste lady for the chaste man, al khabithatu lil khabithin, and the impure, immoral man for the immoral woman. And that is what will happen normally. Yes, there will be few exceptions, but generally that is what will happen. Chapter 24, Surah Nur, verse 26. So that is what we must learn here. So now you must make istikhara. We can't tell you, you must just leave him. There might be children involved and so forth. There are many issues. So therefore, if you can reconcile and he's prepared to change, then was sulhu khair. Then reconciliation is the best. But every week, every month, 
auntie's busy with a different lady, then definitely it's best for you to leave him and don't stay with such a khabis and such an immoral, impure person. Mm. There's, a, there's a question, says your Ustad. I am interested in Islam, and at the moment I haven't memorized much Arabic. When I pray my salah, can I read in English or what do I recite, Ustad? Yeah, the first issue is this. Have you embraced Islam already? If you embrace Islam, you read those words, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abdu wa rasuluh. I bear witness that truly none is worthy of worship but Almighty Allah. And I also bear witness that Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was, is, will always be the last messenger of Almighty Allah, the last prophet of Almighty Allah. And you believe in all the articles of faith. But you must read it not from the tip of your tongue, but from the bottom of your heart. Then you become a Muslimah or a Muslim, male, female, whatever the case is. Then remember, learn these words, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allah Akbar, easy words. And then you read your Salat like that. But in the interim, you must learn the Arabic. And that is, you write it in English, it's fine, transliteration. Alhamdu, A-L-H-A-M-D-U. So, Alhamdulillahi, like that. So get somebody to write it out for you and then or you listen on the CD and so forth and on the radio, whatever you. And thereafter, remember, you must learn Surah Fatiha, the opening chapter comprising seven verses. So that was compulsory. Then you have to learn short, short surahs and chapters and so forth. But in the interim, you can't be reading in English, Salat and so forth, that you will read Alhamdu, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, words whatever you know, Allah Akbar, and your Salat will be valid. Chapter 2, verse 286, La yukallifullahu nafsan illa usaha. Allah Jalla wala has not burdened any person more than his or her ability, capability and capacity. Hmm. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, that... Uh... The wife asking for own house, as that was agreed upon at the beginning. But now I don't have the means. What do I do, Ustad? So you must remember that, and you you must provide for her uh, own house, separate house. It doesn't mean you have to own it. You pay rental. I'm paying rental after 40 years, 42 years, whatever. And I'm still paying rental, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. So you must remember whether you get an outbuilding or you get a flat or you get a house or whatever. So that is compulsory upon you. You have to provide for her that and so forth. You will keep on delaying, delaying. So now you didn't fulfill your promise. So therefore, Allah Ta'ala then takes it away from you. Because when you make shukar, la'in shakartum la'azidannakum. I will increase my bounties favors upon you. Wala in kafartum, when you are ungrateful to the bounties of Allah, inna adabi la shadid, then verily my punishment is very, very severe. So we should understand this type of issues very clearly. Zero eight four seven eight six three one three two. Somebody says to is car and household insurance permissible? What should one do with payouts received from them, Ustad? Remember that as a principle, all this conventional insurance is not permissible. Why is not permissible? Because of gambling, because of riba and interest and so forth. 
Allah forbid your car met up with an accident, or Allah forbid your house got, you understand, burgled or burnt. Allah forbid, Aliyazubillah, Allah Mahfazna Amin. So always read Surah 12, Surah Yusuf, verse 64. That all Allah is the best of protectors and he all Allah is the most merciful one to show mercy. So in these cases, yeah, that let's not give you a practical example. That now your house or your car, you paid 100,000, right? Over the years, years, whatever. You never know claim and all that. Now your claim is 200,000. So that first 100,000 is halal because that's your money you paid. That second 100,000 is not halal. So that you can use and give to the poor Muslims, poor non-Muslims, give to people in Syria, Libya, Palestine, Burma, or yeah, in South Africa, wherever you are to poor people and so forth. So that is what you can do. Mm. So my husband is an alcoholic. And so I am still married to him as he as he has must over year. Uh, Juma Salah Ustad. So obviously that such a person there, Allah alone knows whether he's a Muslim or a non-Muslim. If he says alcohol is permissible for him, or he says it's permissible for him to must Jumma Salat and so forth, so it's out of the fall of Islam. If he says that no, it's compulsory, but it is his weakness that he's missing Jumma Salat and obviously all other Salat as well, and his alcohol is there and so forth. So why must you stay in the marriage? That's what beats me, you understand? That this person, yeah, only Allah gives a diet, but if you keep on staying in the marriage, now let's take one easy example, just one. I can give you a hundred, but we give you one. So now he takes alcohol, right? The castle or whatever it is, you understood? Castle is the famous one, so you just... So now he takes that there. Then in the end, <coughs> nighttime, whenever we can, he's having, you must remember, conjugal relationship with you. What do you think? That alcohol is going into you or not? A portion of it. Obviously, it's going into you. So how can you then say that you can still continue living with him? That will impact upon you and it will impact upon your children as well. So you must remember these things here. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, when people don't read Salat, this is what happens. Quran says, Ma salakakum fi saqar. What made you walk straight into Jahannam and the hellfire? Qalu lam nakum muswalleen. That, remember that they will say, we never read Salat. So you want to stay with the person who's going to go to Jahannam. Quran is saying, he don't read any Salat, Allah forbid. Second one is in alcohol. You know, alcohol is two industries. Islam is condemned A to Z. Every person involved is condemned and cursed. One is the alcohol industry and one is the riba, the interest industry. Go open Ibn Majah and that you will find Habibuna said regarding alcohol, 10 people are cursed by Almighty Allah. Whether you are buying it, whether you are selling it, whether you are squeezing it, whether you are transporting it, all, 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 everybody remember that. Whether you are serving it, whether you are transporting it, everybody is cursed. So we must be clear on 
on this. So my advice to you, sister, if you are speaking the truth, it's in your interest and your children's interest, you must leave him. Remember that. You can't stay with a person, no salat. And you know that brother in the starting, he spoke of Sheikh bin Baz and them. Go open their kitabs. I have his fatwa kitabs. So Sheikh bin Baz and them and the ulama in Saudi, because most of them, they follow the Hanbali school. So the question is, ma hukmu salat? What is the ruling for people who must salat? They don't read salat, like your husband, the way you explaining. So they will tell you, kharijun anil millah and khalidan mukhalladan finnar. That such a person is out of the fall of Islam and he lands up in Jahannam forever and ever because he's a murtad out of the fall of Islam. And that is the official verdict of the Hanbali school. If you want to an academic discussion, Hafiz ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, the celebrated student of Sheikh islam ibn Taymiyyah, wrote the whole book on this, Kitabu Salat. It's a masterpiece. And in day he proved that people who don't read Salat like your husband, no Jummah, no La Jumu'ah wa La Jama'ah and so, then remember the out of the fold. We don't pass the fatwa on that. We don't say according to Hanafis and them, we, do, we still say the Muslim as long as he doesn't say it is permissible for him to drink alcohol or must Salat, then it's done Muslim, everybody will agree. But just missing Salat, we will say he's a major, major sinner skating on sun eyes on the verge of leaving Islam. But bin ba- but the Hanbali school, they say he's already out of the fall of Islam. I mentioned this to show you the gravity of the situation. So this is my advice, the way you have posed the question. It's better for you to leave him. So if a woman is in Nifaz, stops bleeding after 30 days, can she be intimate with her husband or should she wait until 40 days before being intimate to start? Remember that we told you the other day also that nifas is the postnatal. The maximum period of nifas is 40 days for Hanafis and Hanbalis and Shafis and Malikis. They say 60 days. So you, after 30 days, 31 days, 32 days, whatever the case is, you are 100% sure that your nifas has stopped and so forth, then obviously first you have to take a bath, is compulsory, and thereafter salat, fasting, all that is compulsory upon you. Salat is compulsory five times, and your fasting, if you must fast all that of Ramadan, so remember all that is compulsory upon you, the qada and so forth. So if you are 100% sure, and you took your first gusal, and then you want to be intimate with your husband, so so that is totally permissible with these conditions. You must be sure. And second one, you took your gusal that is compulsory and mandatory. Then conjugal relationships with you and your husband will be permissible. Who said we're living in a house that I inherited, but my husband still complains and gossips about me to others who start. So you must remember that you must make dua for him because you must, he's making nashukri, he's ungrateful. He's staying in your house, whereas he's supposed to pay for the house and so forth. So, and yet he will make all this. So you must show him the following. Surah 4, verse 19. Treat your wives with love, respect, and justice. Show him the akhlaq and the habit mu'adat mubarak of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif. 
Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha states, Khayrukum, khayrukum li ahalikum, wa ana khayrukum li ahli. The best of you are the best of you to your wives and your children. And I, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, am the best to my wives and my children. So there Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah used to wear a ring. On on that ring it was engraved, Jirmuhu Swagir wa Jurmuhu Kabir. The size of the tongue is small and the crime it commits is big. So we must remember that. So in that way there, start ta'alim in your house, take Riyadu Salihin, take Fazail works of Hazrat Sheikh Muhammad Zakaria. Inshallah things will change. Read Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud. Read Rabbana Hablana Min Azwajina Wadurriyatina Qurataayun. Oh beloved Allah, grant us our spouses and grant us our children that are the coolness of the eyes. And then Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will make you a happy couple with His grace and mercy and benevolence. Let's go to, to Actonville. Uh, a brother says, Muftisab, you know that after the Turkey earthquake, many ladies are widowed. Can we as South African single men get together and propose to these ladies? Remember what the hadith says. Ustado. First and foremost, are you married? If you're married, can you do justice? You can't do justice. So you you put 100 Muslim men or 1,000 and from 190 got two wives, three wives, four wives. Quran says the biggest condition is justice. So if you fear you can't do justice, then you just keep one wife. That's the Quran telling you, chapter 4, verse number 3. Be, or be or honest about it, brother in Actonville, Benoni. I ask you three questions. It's nothing to do with them being widow and all that. You just want to marry them because they fair in complexion. Otherwise, there are many widows here also, <laughs> but they are dark in complexion, so you don't want to marry them. Second one, how you will talk with them? You don't even know one word of Turkish, so you must remember that. Third one, will you look after their children? I'm asking you. Be honest about these three questions. you just speaking about marriage to them because of their complexion and beauty. You don't even know. You must remember their, their geography, history, family, nothing. Second one, will you look after their children? You won't look after that. Third one, will you do justice? You won't do justice. So it's not permissible, remember that, that people speak about this, that. So Allah Ta'ala will make arrangements for them. But we must not say that, no, me, I'm a good Samaritan. I will go to Palestine and get married to the ladies there. I'll go to Syria. I'll go to Turkey. I'll go here. So your intention is already tainted and polluted. Remember that. You're just looking at the white, white. You understand? So the, you're tired of the Indian wife. You're tired of the Malay wife. You're tired of this one. Say, so now let me get the imported model. You see? So that is the intention. So that is not permissible in Islam when you can't do justice. So Allah Ta'ala make easy and accept it. Barakallahu fiqh. Make dua for us. And the Ummah is Wednesday. So after Zohar, duas are accepted. So make dua for the Ummah at large. Barakallahu feek. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahlan wa sahalan marhaba. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. Independent, independent and true to you. This is Marcus Sahaba News. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Suleiman Isopoja News.